When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We had Rich Samini who joined us earlier on the show with a Jets update. We now have Jordan Renan joining us with a Giants update. Jordan, good morning. How are you? I'm good, Anita. You know, another beautiful morning. You know, I, got, I was at a party yesterday. I mentioned you stuff, were? And somebody, yeah, and somebody, you know, it's a family event. And somebody was like, you know, I listen to you. I catch you like every Sunday morning and it reminds me. You know, this show has such tremendous reach. I've never mentioned it before. So I'm at, I'm at the Giants one day, right? And one of the coaches comes up to me. And he's like, yo, I listen to you you guys when you talk Giants on my way into the, to the game every Sunday morning. And I was like, oh, really? You know, the, it was uh, running back coach, DeAndre Smith. And, and I was like, well, tell us, how are we doing? And he's like, yeah, it's great. I always enjoy it. You guys are right on, right on the money stuff. So. See, I mean, they're listening. You got to, you got to, you got to, got to realize who's out there listening. A lot, of, a lot of people, including people on the Giants coaching staff. It, you know, I sometimes wonder about that. Like, do do the coaches for the Giants and the Jets as critical and as honest, painstakingly honest? I am. Do they listen to me and say, "This girl has no idea what she's talking about. Why is she even on the airwaves?" <laughs> or do they listen to me and say, "Wow, man, this girl really knows her stuff." I, 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 I often, I, I think I when often, you're on the right path, they do think that they're like, well, yeah, they, they understand kind of what's going on here. <laughs> and then when you're, when you're not, they're like, they're like us. Or, and then when you're not, they're like us sitting in the car, cursing at the screen. Like, come on, what is she talking about? <laughs> she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. What is that? You know, so you, you get, so you win some, you lose some. I think that's, uh, that's how or, or, or I've had this before. How does she know that? How does she know yeah, that? that is, uh, of course, of course that happens. <laughs> especially as we get, as, especially as we get closer to the draft. How does she know who we're eyeing? How does she know who's at the top of our our, our board? Anyway, um, I, I do. I often wonder that, but it's nice. It's nice to know that that this this show is is uh, has has long 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 tentacles in regard to who it yeah, reaches. We know at least so, multiple multiple Giants coaches. I know. Are listening most Sunday mornings now. Well, probably not now. They're not in town, but you know, it, it, during the season for sure. So, so I'm curious, really, because I, there's a lot we need to get into. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm dying to meet Brian Dable. Like, I, like I, I think he's so cool. Like, I'm like, that's the if 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 big, somebody was to say, all right, Anita, either. who's who's big the one who's the one coach, on right? Who's the one coach who like you really dig who you have not met yet? I'd say Brian Dable. Do you like? Have you? Do you dig him? Like, have you enjoyed covering him this season? Yeah, he's like you know an everyday guy. I mean, he. It is interesting because super nice guy. In regards to work, he's way more like Bill Belichick in regards to not saying anything and the, the way he goes about uh, information and injuries and stuff than like Joe Judge ever was and Pat Graham or whoever, whatever other you know, New England influence, but he's such a nice guy when he gets off the podium that it's hard to be like, 
oh, you know, screw this guy. He's not giving us anything. It's, 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 it's a very interesting dynamic. He's just an every, he's just a normal guy off the, uh, you know, away from the football side. And I think that's why he can relate to people so well. And like I said before, Anita, you're you're in with him. Big golfer, big golfer. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So so Loves so he does, he does he does he does he does That's why I say he's an everyman. He's your everyman. A golf cigars like that's what he does. You know? Oh like, wow. Okay. So he he does follow me on socials. So maybe I maybe I'll I'll send like a direct message and just say, hey, it's the off season. Want to tee it up? Yeah, I don't know if uh, how often he's going on social. To be honest with you, I'm curious. Like I know some coaches are there in the background on social. I really don't know. If he does a lot of social. All right. Just, uh, well, thanks. Thanks for the insight. Thanks for the insight, Jordan. I appreciate it. All right. Let's, let's, let's dive into it. Everybody wants to know Daniel Jones, where does this organization stand right now with that contract? Yeah, it hasn't. I mean, Joe Shane said this week down in in Mobile at the senior bowl that they haven't gotten into that yet, but uh, it's something they're going to address. They want him back. They're going to do it. It's going to be a deal that they're going to try and make. And from what I understand is it's something that they're going to try and do rather quickly, right? You don't want to have to use the franchise tag if they don't Mm -hmm. have to because it's a huge huge tool in this uh, exercise here at the moment. And it's especially more important because there's the the other one that they need to take care of, and that's Saquon Barkley. So if you think about it, if they can get a deal done with Daniel Jones sooner, now they have the franchise tag to use on Saquon Barkley. And think about that for a second. $10.1 million for a running back who's a very good player, great, you know, great player, top-end top running back. But $10.1 million, one-year deal, that's like a, nightmare's wor- uh, a running back's worst nightmare, right, who's trying to get his only payday, big payday of his career. That's where Saquon Barkley would probably lose a lot of his leverage at that point, right? He wants... More than $12 million. He wants closer to $14 million. Uh, once you have that franchise tag to use on him definitively, I think that leverage swings in the Giants' favor big time. You know, I've had several conversations. As you know, Matthias Kiwanuka, uh, one of our co-hosts here on New York Game Day, and he said if you tag Saquon Barkley, you're going to lose a lot of guys in that locker room. Do you agree or disagree with that? Yes. Uh, you know, I spoke to some people about this recently. It's funny you say that, and I, I do. I do think that uh, because, look, this isn't just a really good player who's kind of stuck it out through the tough times. This is – he is their leader. He, he's their number one. He's the face of the franchise, right? Most teams, it's the quarterback. The quarterback's the face of the franchise. You, If you're around the Giants, you come to training camp, you come to any, uh, you know, event that they hold, People flock to Saquon Barkley. And then if you then don't take care of him, right? First of all, the franchise tag is lower than what they already offered him. So now, if you have, he's, if he clearly would not be happy with that, right? Because he, he want, they already offered him more money than the franchise tag. Playing on a one-year deal as a running back who's in year six in the NFL, that's not a good situation. It would be a really hard thing for this Giants locker room to respect and say, hey, they didn't take care of Saquon here. And – He's their leader. So they didn't take care of our leader. We finally feel like we built something. They're not even taking care of the leader. They're going to play hardball with everyone. So it is definitely a hard thing for the Giants to pull off. I don't think that they would do that. I, don't, I really don't think they're going to, they intend to play super hardball and not take care of their leader. 
their best offensive. Like everybody knows this is their best offensive weapon. Uh, I think it would send the wrong message to the team, and I don't think that's what they're looking to do here. Um, there, there's some, uh, yeah, and, and, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to venture off into the conversations that I've had with Mike Tannenbaum and Tam, Mike Tannenbaum feels that there's going to be other suitors out there for Daniel Jones, considering that the giants did not pick up that fifth year option. I've been reading in some speculation that Carolina might make a big push for Daniel Jones. Do you feel that there will be competition for the giants in regard to, 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 securing daniel jones in that contract what do you mean i i don't i don't i don't get this line of thinking to be quite honest they're going to franchise tag him or sign him so are we but you can't but Carolina here's the thing you, you can't you can't do both so, right you can't do both well you can you can if you sign if you sign him beforehand then you can move on to saquon and use that franchise tag right and then negotiate there moving forward yeah but but daniel jones is not going to be open on free agency. They pretty much made that clear to the Giants. They said, we want him back. Uh, he's going to be back. I mean, Joe Shane actually basically slipped during his season-ending press conference and said, we're glad Daniel's going to be back. I mean, they're not letting him hit the open market because then you're basically just opening it up to free bidding, and that just would only benefit Daniel Jones. That would not benefit the Giants. So he's going to be back, and they're not going to allow him the opportunity for other teams to then swoop. But yeah, other teams could swoop in, by the way, Nita, if they need to use the franchise tag. But then it'll cost you the $40 million, whatever, or, or more at that point, plus two first-round picks. And I don't think nobody – we haven't seen that happen in years and years and years. It's not going to happen in this case either. So once they use the franchise tag on them, it'll be over. So do you feel the Giants are regretting not picking up that fifth-year option at this point? Or, or was there something that they couldn't do it financially? Are, are they looking back and going, damn, man, we, we, really, we really missed out here? I think, yes. I think if you, you say to them, would you, in retrospect, now that we sit here now, say, would you have rather used the 50 option? The answer is obviously yes. But I just think with a new regime, they didn't see him firsthand. Uh, he, ha- he didn't think about what, what was the biggest problem with Daniel, investing in Daniel Jones entering the season. It had nothing to do with his play, not even the turnovers. It was his health, his injuries. He had a neck injury last year, right? He missed the final six games of the season where they lost all six and averaged under 10 points a game. Uh, he had never played through a full season and not gotten injured and missed games because of injury. So for that reason, they couldn't invest in him there was too many question marks. I, I really think it was the right move. Yes, if we knew that he was going to stay healthy and play at the level he played, sure, we could say they should have given him the fifth-year option. That would be the best financial move. But I, at the time, because of the injury side of it, I just think it really wasn't a move that could be made. And so I'm not going to sit here and say it was a mistake by them. I, I, re- I really just can't say that, be- only, but strictly because of the injuries. Forget the play side. Because I was always on the side. Now you, I know you were, were more on the side that you can make him into a good quarterback. But the injuries and the neck in specific, in particular, that injury made it really hard to do. Again, uh, Jordan Renan joining us here at 98.7 ESPN. Mike Kafka gets a second interview with the Cardinals for the head coaching vacancy. In regard to this offense, bring us up to speed. Like, you know, how how – 
what was Kafka's role? Who was calling the play? Like, like give us, give us the dynamic in regard to Dable, Kafka, and, and Jones. And if Kafka does move on, do you feel that, that that will be a hit on this offense, specifically with Daniel? I think it would be a hit because I think the natural move would be to move towards Shea Tierney, who came with Dayball, and he's the quarterback's coach. He's a guy who has not been an offensive coordinator before and has not called plays. So I'd be interested to see how they kind of handle that and what Dayball's approach would be at that point because Joe Shane was pretty adamant about wanting a coach who handles being a coach and not a play caller at first. So uh, I don't know if Dayball would then just take over play calling, but he would definitely be more involved. I, I really do feel that way. Kafka – uh, he came here, right? He was already Patrick Mahomes' coach, the past game coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. He wasn't going to come here unless he was given basically full offensive coordinator role or duties, right? That means play caller. So he was the play caller. Uh, Dayball was definitely involved. But think about how many times we saw Brian Dayball, clips of him, going on the sideline and going and talking to a different position group or going and basically, you know, yelling and berating somebody. Like, that's because he was letting his coordinators run the show on both sides of the ball. So it would be a huge change. It would be a big loss for this Giants team. But I think if it happened, it would then set up for a natural move. Okay, Shay Tierney steps into a bigger role as the offensive coordinator. Brian Dable could then help out in that regard. Obviously, we know he's been very successful in that position in Buffalo and other spots. And then Davis Webb who's contemplating whether he wants to, you know, or someone's going to give him an opportunity to be a backup somewhere or become a coach, would then just be able to slide into that quarterback coach role. I think that would be uh, definitely one of the main possibilities for this team. Um, so with that being said, assuming that they do work out this deal and, and Daniel Jones is back, obviously he needs more weapons. Um, there's yeah. some talk and speculation that, uh, this is a team that very well could go after T Higgins. What are some of the wide receivers out there that you think, uh, could be in a giants uniform next year? Yeah, I think it's something along those lines. Uh, I'm not sure. Look, Joe Shane's not going to force these things. I don't think he's under the impression that, Hey, we need to do this right now this year. This is the move. Like, I could see him adding a whole bunch of playmakers, not necessarily a number one, and say, hey, we, it's, that, that guy's not there this year. It's not a great year for wide receiver this year specifically uh, that, hey, we don't have a super high dra- uh, draft pick. They're drafting in the 20s. They, they're at the top free agent wide receivers, Jacoby Meyer or Odell, however you want to play, you know, however you want to you know, spell it out. And, uh, those aren't a great number one options. Like That's not that big. But guy like T. Higgins, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I guess I don't know. That's I don't know if that's the Giants' move here. That seems like a an anti-Giants move for the spot that they're in right now. Uh, but I think finding a guy who maybe is unhappy or is like they they see as a guy like a Brandon Ayuk, I know as I mentioned, something like that. And we got okay. Here's a guy with a lot of talent that we really like. That if we see him in a bigger role that the team that we have him that he's in right now cannot ultimately pay him because you know the 49ers are already paying Debo they have so many other guys to pay the uh T Higgins is brought up because eventually they have to pay Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow so 
So finding something like that. But you know what, Anita? The reality is it may not be available this year. That might be something that they have to wait until the following year to do. I know it's not ideal, but add a whole bunch of weapons this year, second-tier, third-tier weapons, and then look for your number one the following year because what are, how, how great are the options that are going to be out there this year? You tell me. What, what stands out to you as a really good option? Yeah, there, there aren't many. Yeah, so it's very difficult. I mean, there, we'll there aren't many. Let's say trade is, for right? somebody. I don't see that happening. Yeah, so I don't know. I guess we'll find out how good Joe Shane is maybe to find something that we, don't, we can't even think of right now. Uh, before we let you go, uh, love being very opinionated, saying that Nick Sirianni has uh, gotten a free ride in regard to the talent that's on that roster. Uh, and and listen, I don't agree. I, I don't disagree with him that the talent on that roster is very good. I don't know if I would say that it's a free ride. Uh, you, your thoughts on on love making the rounds on uh, on radio shows? I understand the part about Nick not being happy with Nick Sirianni acting a fool on the sideline. I think that's something we're going to be talking about for years. I mean, his his shenanigans on the sideline are annoying at the least, right? (laughs) Um, But at the same time, are we really going to sit here and take shots? And, And I know he's like, well, I was just commending the team. No, no, you took a shot at the opposing team's coach, the guy who's in the Super Bowl who beat you three times. Like, there's a time and place for everything. Anita, you know, when you play pickup basketball, okay, if there's a guy who's talking trash to you and you're just demolishing him and you're just scoring every time on him and he's still talking trash to you, you look at that guy like he's a fool, right? You're like, how is this guy talking trash? Like, it means nothing when you're getting beat down. So they just lost three times to the Eagles. And this is a sport, by the way, and look, I agree they're super talented, but let's not downplay it. This is a sport where coaching matters the most out of any sport. This isn't isn't baseball or another sport where you can minimize coaching. No, no. Coaching matters in the NFL. We always talk about how important coaching is. Now we're going to pretend like it's not important and he's doing nothing. He's getting getting a free ride. I thought it was kind of silly. And I think the Giants are going to have some checks. Kayvon Thibodeau is out there pissing off guys around the league all over the place, right? Pretending like he, yeah, or maybe he actually, I, I, I totally believe that he doesn't know who Jeff Saturday and Joe Staley are. But he's, he's already got two teams that don't, that don't like him and, and, you know, are going to be, if they ever play them, are going to be lining up to, you know, go get a knock on or, you know, pancake on him. And now you got Julian Love talking trash. Like, I think the Giants need to accomplish something before they get to this. How about they, they win a Super Bowl, get to a Super Bowl, do something make the playoffs three or four or five straight years before we get to this point where we're, they're talking trash about other people around the league. I hear you. He's Jordan Redon. Uh, it's the off season, but he's still working. Jordan, appreciate you. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Sounds good, Anita. Speak soon. You got it. Jordan Redon joining us here on, uh, on New York Game Day. A special edition, considering there is no game today. Um, we come back, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up your calls. Mitch in East Windsor, you'll be first up. You want to talk Giants? 800-919-3776. Interesting conversation with Jordan uh, pertaining to Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, as well as the head coaching staff. Next, here on 98.7 ESPN. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Proud of Daniel, the way he played, to you know, learn another another offense and, and pick it up, and um, just the way he played in the fourth quarter of a number of games and, and, and lead the team back to victory, which is awesome. That's what you want from your quarterback, and, and to do it so quickly with the brand-new offense. Um, and so the way that, yeah, the way they're able to compete, to, to make it to the playoffs, to win a playoff game, that's awesome. Uh, so I, I hope I hope uh, he gets rewarded for that. I hope he's the quarterback for the Giants for, for a long time. And I, I, I think he'll just continue to get better, to grow within this offense, to be in the same offense for a number of years only helps these quarterbacks. And um, if they can start adding some pieces around them, uh, it'll even make it easier and, and make them stronger. Eli Manning talking about Daniel Jones. I'm excited to see. I, I like. I just think we've we've just it's the start. Like I don't even think we're even close to the ceiling of what we can see from Daniel Jones. So really excited about that. Obviously, Eli Manning is excited for him as well. Don't forget Eli and Peyton Manning both coaching today. We've got the uh, NFL All Star Flag Football game. And so they'll be coaching. I'm not sure if I will. I know I'm not going to be tuning in. I'm actually, I'm going to go see Avatar tonight or this afternoon. Uh, I bought tickets to Avatar and then, and then, and then found out it was three plus hours. God save me three hours in a movie theater. Uh, but I love Avatar. I love the first one. So I'm excited to see the second. Also it's in 3d. Do you guys, have you, have you guys ever, have you been to a 3d movie before? Does it make you a little motion sickness? Not motion sickness. I, I just like I used to go to them all the time as a kid, like three D movies. Now I could care less if it's in three D. Um, but I mean I, I, I was always fascinated with it. I never really got motion sickness from that type of stuff. I, I do a little bit, but I think I think this is this is the perfect film uh, to to watch in three D. So I'm excited. That's what I'm doing later on this afternoon. I'm gonna go see Avatar. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. We've got Mitch. Joining us from East Windsor, uh, Mitch. Good morning. Welcome in. How you doing? Good. Uh, Nina, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, before I get to the Super Bowl, um, yeah, the Jets. I hired Hackett. He was a, he was a bomb as a coach. I think trying to save face by Keith Wilson. If you get a veteran guy, hoping not to get much to wait for their car say to be a free agent. I would be interested if they draft. Would they go for Herndon Hooker? Um, in, in the middle rounds. Of the Giants, I think Jones is on his contract. Answers being on Thursday, I think DTR be an interesting pick. Um, I like him at UCLA. He was pretty good. Good run, decent on. Kind of like Daniel Jones. I mean, he's better than I thought. And coming out, 
I think next year, I mean, this Patrick Mahomes is so good, but I think we got another one coming up. He's going to win his second Heisman, be the top pick in the draft next year, and Kyle Williams. What do you think? This guy, no one's missing this guy. He's going to be awesome. What are you thinking? Thanks for calling you. Yeah, no problem, Mitch. Listen, I, I'm I'm not full disclosure. I, I just I, I haven't uh, really put a lot of thought into or have done my due diligence in, in my research starting with the draft. I typically don't do that until the Super Bowl's over. So, um, you know, I, I I don't I don't have any analysis there for you pertaining to to the draft this season. Unfortunately, once the Super Bowl is over, things change for me immensely. Not just my life, <laughs> but um, but also uh, you know the, the obviously the topics and um, and and the events, of course, that I'm I'm preparing for. So stay tuned for that. If you know anything about me, I'm really really big into the draft. I love the draft. Um, it's my it's especially the combine is one of my favorite weeks of the year. And so, uh, so we'll have all that for you moving forward. Quick break. We come back. We're going to switch gears. Uh, let's talk about the nets. As we know, we've got, uh, Kyrie Irving demanding, requesting a trade. Where does he go? The nets won without him last night. How about that? Uh, Cam Thomas, 44 points off the bench. We'll dive into that next here on 90.7 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Kyrie did not play because of calf soreness. And also he was not even in attendance, wasn't even on the bench. Nets feel that it's uh, from both the team and uh, Kyrie's best interest that he's not there. I do believe a trade will happen before Thursday at 3 o'clock. Don't forget their next game is Monday against the Clippers. The Clippers now another team interested in Kyrie. Clippers, Lakers, Dallas, and the Suns. Yesterday, Nick Fridello does a phenomenal job covering the Nets. Join me to do a deep dive conversation into the scenario and, and, and what is happening. My first question to him is, what, what, what happened here? This was a Nets team, especially with a healthy KD, uh, gearing, ready to potentially try to win a championship. Why, why was this trade even, even requested? Anita, I'll take you back to a week and a half ago. And that is when Kyrie's stepmom, who also doubled as his agent, did an interview with our old colleague, Chris Haynes. And in it, in as many words, she's like, if the Nets don't want to play ball, uh, we're going to find somewhere else uh, to go. Uh, we we want to get a, a long-term deal locked in. At the time, people in the organization were like, huh? Kyrie's playing great. 
and he's filled that role that they needed him to fill without KD on the floor. And the locker room really, really likes him, and everything is rolling. Why now? And so yesterday we found out why, because clearly that long-term deal that they're seeking isn't coming to fruition at the moment, and how do you force your hand? <laughs> you, you request a trade a few days before the deadline. So it, it is interesting listening to that clip from Brian because I agree with him. If, if we are sitting here over the next few days and, and everybody's speculating what may happen, if you're the Nets, you say, hey, let's just see what happens this year and we'll move it forward after that. And, and maybe after the season we work out a sign-and-trade, maybe we work out an extension, who knows. But it would surprise me right now if a deal happened just because, one, I don't think there's a lot of teams out there that will, would be willing to bring Kyrie on. And, and, two, the Nets still feel with a healthy Kevin Durant that they have a legit chance in the East. And whether you agree with that or not, the belief is there given the way he, they played when Kevin was on the floor. Okay, so a lot to unpack here. Uh, there's a report out there that – uh, the reason that this has escalated is because in the negotiations, uh, the Nets are not guaranteeing money unless a championship is won. Can you confirm or deny that report? I don't want to speak to that, Anita. I have not heard that yet. What I would tell you is let's look back to the summer. <laughs> I mean, Kyrie wanted a max deal. This This is months and months ago, and – the Nets weren't willing to go there because they couldn't trust that he would be out there on the floor. It was last year with the uh, the vaccination shot. It was the year before where uh, he, he had to take a, a couple weeks pause in the season. So uh, this has been lingering for a while, and it's very clear that not only the, did the Nets feel uncomfortable, but the part that fascinates me, having been around this team day-to-day for the last year, is I don't see where – that max security is going to come from around the league. So uh, there are always different layers to this story, uh, and I am sure we'll hear some more over the course of the next few days here. So with that being said, you know, my question here is knowing that Katie and what we're hearing is that is, is on the mend and should be back soon. I think from what I read, they're hoping that he comes back before the all-star break, but I don't know, maybe it's after. I know this team is what four and seven, I believe, right? Four and seven without him. Um, but when he was healthy, this was a team that I felt, and you and I had several conversations, could compete and potentially win a championship. If you're Kyrie, why are you throwing that away, dude? Why, like, I could understand if this was a team that, if, if this is like, you know, Portland, this is Detroit, like, screw it. You know, I'm, there's nothing here for me. It's, it's about the contract. But this is a team that has the makeup, especially with KD on the mend, coming back, potentially winning a championship. What, why, why rock the cart? Anita, that question has been asked of Kyrie <laughs> a whole lot of times in a whole lot of places. And only he can speak for himself on that. What I would tell you is that it, it came as a surprise in the sense that this season, and Kyrie and Nick Claxton have made reference to this over the last couple of weeks, that everybody's 
bought in this year, unlike last year, which was uh, a pretty direct shot at, at James Harden in the fact that Harden wanted out of there. But everybody really supported him in that room. And now to walk in there, and, and we got this game uh, against the, the Nets and the, the Wizards in a few hours in Barclays, I can't imagine what his teammates and his coaches now think because they, they genuinely believe that they had a shot. They had won 18 of 20 when Kevin was on the floor and everything was, was moving forward and looking good. And now, once again, there is a layer of drama that didn't need to be there. And so while I think in the moment some people were surprised at the timing, Anybody who has been around that team, been within that organization, nobody can be stunned because the feel when you have Kyrie on your team is you're always waiting for the next shoe to drop. So why exactly did he do this right now? Only he knows. But to to crunch all the goodwill that you had built up, especially coming back off that suspension from a couple months ago, and play at the level that he does to cause – Yet another huge distraction that is coming this team play that is difficult to wrap your mind around. Um, uh, Nick Friedel joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, awkward, I would imagine, the situation uh, in, in the feelings in that locker room before, as you said, uh, they're just a few hours away from taking on the Washington Wizards. That leads us to KD, right? Because what we saw last week or not last week, but what we saw before the season began was Kyrie wanting a trade and Katie wanting out as well, knowing and understanding that if Katie isn't here, chances are, I mean, if, if Kyrie is not here, chances are Katie does not have an opportunity to win a championship. So what, what do you think the fallout is? Do you feel that Katie, knowing what you know about Katie and covering him as long as you have, do you feel Katie is sitting back and going, gee, Kyrie, what the... Or is he sitting back and going, damn Nets? What, what, what side of the coin do you think KD's on right now? What do you think his mindset is, Nick? Uh, I think, Anita, that, that Kevin's got to be sitting there going, oh, here we go again. And I think there's a lot of people within the organization that feel the same way, but there's only one Kevin Durant. And the whole summer was filled with drama. And what was interesting in talking to Kevin about the, the trade requests is he said, my situation was unlike the ones that we've seen in the past with Anthony Davis in New Orleans and James Harden, both in Houston and in Brooklyn, and, and Jimmy Butler in Minnesota, because his point was the request happened. It had no impact on his teammates. It had no impact on games that were played. Well, here comes Kyrie. And it's going to demolish this next week, at least. And, I mean, if he gets traded, okay. But if he stays, <laughs> nobody's quite sure how he's going to respond, not getting his wish and, and getting a deal done. So, uh, if you're Kevin, the only thing I would say in the wake of this news is I just don't see how he stays long-term in Brooklyn. Because at about to be 35 years old uh, in September. Kevin only has a window of a few more years where he's playing at this level on a team that has a legit chance 
to compete for a championship. And Anita, the reality in all this is if you move Kyrie right now, no matter what you're getting back, it is an acknowledgement that you are not winning a title this year. And if you're Kevin Durant at this stage of your career, I don't see how you could be comfortable with, okay, well, we're going to move Kyrie, but don't worry, we're going to keep rebuilding around you and, and make it work somewhere. My, my, my guess, given all that we've seen over the last year plus with this team and with all the things that are going on, is if they move Kyrie or Kyrie moves elsewhere at the end of this season in the summer, I would think that Kevin would be the next person to go elsewhere as well. I just knowing how how great this team was performing prior to Katie uh, getting injured and and knowing what what you know and and, and it was the, the reports coming out and again Nick we had you on the show you and I were talking you know it was it was a feel good the team was coming together even though all the off field drama new head coach uh, you know there there was a good vibe in that locker room they were winning it's just it's 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 really disappointing and i'm not even a nets fan right but but this this whole situation is is disappointing okay so so now we've we've pretty much surmised like what what the situation is here at home uh in in brooklyn now let's look big picture apparently uh kyrie has requested demanded whatever however you want to phrase it a trade but has not said this is the team i want to go to there are a number of teams out there that have come up in in conversation the Lakers, the Clippers, the Mavs, the Heat. Where, if, if a trade was, was to happen, what do you feel is the most likely landing place for Kyrie? There's been too much smoke over the last six, seven months around the Lakers to not think that something could be worked out. But, Anita, this is where, if you're the Nets, you're like, okay, well, what are you going to give us? And dating back to the summer, it was a couple first-round picks, and nobody seemed to want to bite there. But I throw this caveat out there as well, and this is the part that I don't feel like gets talked about nearly enough in the wake of this request from Kyrie. The Ben Simmons has been really bad. He just has not played well, aside from a couple weeks where you thought, oh, it's still in there a little bit, but then he's been hurt and he hasn't been consistent at all on the floor. If you're the Nets and you have teams coming and saying, okay, what's it going to take to get Kyrie? I would go back and say, okay, uh, you can have Kyrie, but you got to take Simmons' contract. Again, uh, Nick Friedel giving us some really great insight in regard to what's going on with the Nets and, and what could happen here. Uh, the, the teams that are interested – the Lakers, obviously, and, and let's not sleep on the fact that this week coming in, reports were that the Lakers were talking and, and, and trying to negotiate a deal to, uh, to trade Westbrook, with Westbrook, even though Westbrook is the sixth man off the bench. So I just I think time-wise, I, I, I don't think it's a, it's a coincidence uh, that this now has transpired with those reports in regard to the Lakers trying to shop Westbrook. So it's the Clippers, who, of course, the Nets take on on Monday night, by the way. They've got both Kawhi and Paul George, who, by the way, beat the Knicks last night, 134 to 128 in overtime. Kawhi, 35 points. Paul George, 30 points. Uh, They've won seven of their last nine. 
this is this is a team that I truly b- believed and felt heading into this season. If if, if health, if if of course Kawhi and, and and Paul George could stay healthy, I felt they were the team to beat in the West. Now you add Kyrie to that, based on what we've seen him and how we've seen him play, especially with with KD down, boy. I think the Clippers would really be a force to be reckoned with. If you want to talk about a team that Kyrie could join and immediately have a huge effect in regard to them making a really good push to win a championship, to me it is the Clippers more so than the Lakers. They've got a really deep bench. They've got a lot of talent there. But Kyrie's relationship with LeBron James, uh, you know, is, is that where his heart is? And, and at the end of the day, I'm sure the Nets could care less where Kyrie wants to land. It's all about what they are going to be able to get back. So it's going to be interesting. Anita Marks with you on the Sunday morning. Quick break. We come back. Our last segment before we hand it over to Pat O'Keefe. 800-919-3776 if you want to chime in on anything we've been discussing in the last four hours. Now's the time to do it. 98.7 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Let's take some calls before we hand the baton over to Pat O'Keefe. Let's go to Mel in Queens. Mel, you're up. What you got? Hey, hey, Anita, what's going on? Um, I wanted to say something about the Nets and Kyrie thing. I just feel like that both parties got to do what's best for them. I mean, Kyrie is doing what's best for him. The Nets are doing what's best for them. And I don't think that Kyrie should be called idiotic for that. You know, we see it all the time. Um, organizations trade players, release players, wave players, don't give them the max. Look what Boston did to Isaiah Thomas a few years ago. So I think that we have to respect both sides, no matter how it may look. You know, the Lakers won a championship and got rid of most of their, their roster. So nothing is guaranteed. So, you know, I, that's, that's my take. It's fair. It's a fair take, Mel. Appreciate it. Let's go to Richard in, in, in Westport. Richard, good morning. Hi, Anita. How are you? Great. I'm very happy that you're on this morning. Um, oh, thank you. I've been, I think we've spoken. I, I think we've spoken before. I've been a Nets fan since 1970. I want to talk about last night's game really quickly. Sure. It's like in the top three of the best games I've ever watched the Nets play. They played with heart. They were fun to watch. No drama. Um, one little side note that I noticed. Maybe somebody else wants to comment on this. Ben Simmons was like sitting there like a slug on the bench. No, no enthusiasm at all. I, I agree with what the um, your gentleman that you had on a little while ago. I think he has to go. I think we have to move on. I'd like to see them pick up um, a power forward or a center. And Cam Thomas deserves a lot more time on the court after last night's display of forty-four points was absolutely amazing. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah, Richard, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, you know, it, I, listen, full, full, full 
transparency, full disclosure. I, I did believe Washington was going to win. Uh, it was the second straight game that they had blew, blown a, a 20-plus lead that they did against Portland. Uh, but, you know, I, I maybe it was a statement from the, uh, the, the Nets bench saying, like, listen, we still have this. Because I, I, I do believe that a, a message needs to be or, or hoping should be sent to KD, like, even if we trade uh, Kyrie Irving, this is still a, a team that very well can compete and contend in the West, or, or in the East, sorry, in the East. So maybe a, a message was trying to be sent to KD. Who knows? Uh, anyway, hey, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a fun four hours. Tom and Julian producing the show. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, but it doesn't stop here. Pat O'Keefe picks up where I leave off. And of course, you'll be able to listen to your uh, your Knicks 76ers game right here on 98.7 ESPN.